0: Back in the first few centuries, I'm going to move these, excuse me, before I trip over them. Back in the first few centuries after Jesus came, um, people didn't celebrate birthdays. People did not celebrate uh, Christmas Day. And it was only in AD 354 that this was written 25 Decc Natus Christus in Bethlehem Judea. That's Latin. For 25th of of December, Christ was born in Judea. And that was written in 354 AD, about 18 years after um, it was first celebrated. Christmas Day was first celebrated on the 25th of December. That was... um, the first time, 300 and odd years since Christ came, that his birthday was celebrated every year. Now, some of you think of Christmas, and you might think in traditionalistic terms. You know, there's, there's this old one that we used to, uh, this old rhyme, Christmas is coming, the geese are getting fat. Please, put a, please to put a penny in an old man's hat. If you haven't got a penny, a halfpenny will do. If you haven't got a halfpenny, God bless you. Maybe some of you think Christmas is about time for giving and you get people out on the streets asking for money and so forth. Um, We could be a little bit more modern than that and go to this um, Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. This is from 1990 and it's a little cartoon. I'm getting nervous about Christmas. You're worried. You haven't been good. Let me get this. That's just a question. It's all relative. What's Santa's definition? How good do you have to be to qualify as good? I haven't killed anybody. See, that's good, right? I haven't committed any felonies. This is American. A felony is a crime. I haven't committed any felonies. I didn't start any wars. I don't practice cannibalism. Wouldn't you say that's pretty good? Wouldn't you say I should get lots of presents? But maybe good is more than the absence of bad. See, that's what worries me. And for some people, it's Christmas is all geared about the day and the presents and the stocking and the kids and the turkey or the goose or whatever you're having um, and all that razzmatazz. I kind of get very, I don't like the run up to Christmas because so much of it is about that stuff. So I try and get that out the way in November. I get my cards done early. I get my two Christmas cakes cooked in September, all that sort of stuff. It's out the way. Advent is this time when we prepare for the celebration. Primarily that helps us to remember the birth of Jesus. We look at the gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus, his birth in the stable, the shepherds, the kings, the gifts we also remind ourselves who this baby, this Jesus, is. Um, last week, John, sorry, Rob spoke from John 1, and I had this already prepared. This is not plagiarism, as I say. And this isn't... Ah, oh, there we are. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's good news. And the light's not... There we are. And on to verse 14... The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as from the as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. I want to concentrate on three words this morning. Although you might think I'm doing a Joe Biden when I say three words because there are six words there. I want to concentrate on God's glory, God's grace, and God's truth. Very, very briefly, some thoughts on these words we read in John 1. Excuse me while I just get through here. Um, First one, God's glory reveals God's character. The first verse of an old hymn. Now, again, I actually had this in my notes before I heard Rob read the whole hymn last week. But I just took the first verse. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. And that verse speaks of the glorious God. But that verse also speaks of what theologians call the transcendence of God. And that means that God is way above us. We cannot approach him we can't begin to understand the richness of God. But, this is the big but, there's God's grace. That grace enables our relationship with him. It's one of these but God things. God is transcendent, he's beyond us, but God has chosen to be what the theologians call imminent. He is chosen to be close to us, and he comes to us in his grace. third one is God's truth. Verse 14 tells us that the word was full of grace and truth. The truth leads us back to God. In chapter 8 of John's gospel, we read these words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not truths that set you free. It's the truth. And what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when Jesus came, born as a baby, in that manger, to be with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God with us. He came with grace, with glory, and with truth. And that may not have been obvious to the shepherds who came to see him. It may not have been obvious to his parents. It may not have been obvious to the kings or magi, whoever it was who came to him later on. But that's become obvious to us now. Okay, now. I decided not to write any more of my sermon. And I decided what I really want is to have some applications, some real life examples of what it means, what Emmanuel, God with us means. And there are many things in my own life that I could turn around to you and say, This is when I've known the reality of Emmanuel, God with me, God with my family. I don't want to tell you about my story because I do that on other occasions. And so I canvassed people in the church through the house group and some others and I asked them what it means to them to say, Emmanuel, God is with us. One person wrote, I like this one, a bit of a cop-out, it's very hard to answer without writing a book. Now, these quotes, by the way, are all anonymous, so don't sort of look around and see who's glowing. It's very hard to answer without writing a book. Another person wrote, And I don't know who these people are because I didn't collate these. God with us means from an early age, I've known in an intimate way, God's comfort and support in my life. He hasn't just directed, but he upholds and strengthens me. Others have written, whenever he's asked something of me, he continually provides all I need and has laid before me so many abundant blessings that I can't count. I like that. Part of my testimony with my wife and our family and all we've been through is this phrase I've used. We've counted our blessings and we're in credit. And if you know my wife's medical background, then I hope you appreciate that that really has For me, it has a lot of depth. So I like this person who says, I can't count the abundant blessings. Somebody else wrote, whenever my path has led me to a valley, he's walked through it with me, ensuring his presence is known. Someone else, when my default sinful nature has had a grip, he's gently peeled off the top layer with compassion and love. I love this. He does this time and time again, no matter how little I have learned from the last time. That's me. thats I mean, it's me that I, I don't really always learn from the last time God does stuff. Another has written, even when the future is uncertain, when I've been walking headfirst into another valley, the physical presence of his angels has been felt. He guides me gently back when I've strayed and stumbled from his path. You might think, isn't it weird? I mean, we angels were there on the hillside getting the shepherds down to the manger to see the baby Jesus, but we don't see angels now. Well, I asked some ladies. I I I was visiting Barbara recently and I went to the church very close to the nursing home in uh Lawton in just outside Old Sager at Lawton, Church Lawton. And they had a Christmas tree festival on. I'd often go into the church uh, if I'm going for a walk because I'd parked the car just outside the church. And there was this Christmas tree festival. I went in after the walk and I sat down for a hot drink with, um, there must have been four or five, six ladies there in the church. And I'd I'd actually popped in beforehand and I, I knew they were there. And as I was praying, going on this, my favorite two mile, one hour walk, it was lovely, I went back to church and I felt I should challenge them. I sat down with my nice bit of cake that's not quite as nice as cake we get here and my lovely cup of tea that isn't really as nice as the lovely cups of tea we get here. And you're probably thinking, shut up, Chris, and we want to get cake and tea, but no, you've got a few more minutes yet. And um I challenge them and I said, Are you ladies all from the church? here? Oh yes, we are. I said it's lovely to see you because I've been in very many times and, and I've never seen anyone else in the church, but it's nice to see the trees and you here. I said, can I ask you a question? I said, this only last Tuesday, I said, uh, Emmanuel God with us. What does it mean uh, to you, Emmanuel God with us? And three of them described occasions. Now, uh, there's nothing misogynistic about this, but it just happened that all three spoke about times when they'd been out in their cars and something had happened. And um, a man turned up to help them. And on one occasion, the man was there, and then suddenly he's not. On another occasion, the lady thought she knew who this man was. She recognized him. She was a teacher. She knew it was the father of one of the children in the school. And he helped to get the car going again on an icy patch of road. And she didn't dare stop and thank him, because then he'd have to get it going again. But there was a parents' evening the following week, and she thanked him for helping her. And he said, "No, that wasn't me." For them, Christ with me was somebody physical. Were the angels? I don't know. Have you ever seen an angel? Hands up, anyone who's ever seen angels? One, two. Keep your three. Keep your eyes open. They're there. They are there. I'm not going to tell you more stories about angels now. That's for another day. Um. Yeah. There we are. That was an aside. Barbara and I have uh, some friends we've known for over 35 years. I asked her what Emmanuel, God with us, means to her. She shared some accounts. Some of them were her own. Some of them were from uh, an alpha group that she has been involved in, or uh, numerous alpha groups that she's been involved in. One lady said to her um, that she'd heard a knock on a front door one day and was told that her daughter had been knocked off a bike by a car. Now, I don't have daughters. I've got two hulking great sons, and I don't really remember what it was like when they were little, but knocked off by a car on a busy main road. The natural reaction for that lady would be one of panic. But she felt God say to her, that everything was fine. Sure enough, when she got to a daughter, she was fine. Keith and Rachel know of one little story of ours. Um, some years ago, Barbara and I were travelling back home towing our caravan at the M5. Keith's nodding, wry little smile on his face. And the caravan on the M5 northbound ended up on its side, blocking lanes two and three, And I'm sat in the car, facing oncoming traffic in the outside lane. So I could have had something hurtling down towards me at 70 plus miles an hour. And that's not a nice position to be in. Well, one, two things I remember most significantly about that incident. Number one was... An overriding sense of peace. Actually, that was the second thing. The first thing was incredible gratitude that within 5, 10 seconds of us blocking the M5 northbound, there was a massive big AA flatbed truck with its hazard lights on 50 yards south of us, angled at 45 degrees. Guy gets out, hive vis jacket, that's in the way of anything hurtling down. So all the traffic's filtered into the hard shoulder, including one of Keith's colleagues from Nantwich, including at least two groups of friends of ours. Uh, but the second thing, which I'm incredibly grateful for, is an overriding sense of peace. Because I was thinking, we've lost this caravan's a write-off. I don't know about the car. Is a car going to cost us much to get repaired? And it was covered by the insurance. And a couple of days later, I found out our caravan insurance was new for old. So having totaled a seven-year-old caravan, we got a brand-new caravan for free. But even before that, it was that sense of peace. God with us, bring that peace. Um. This lady goes on, I mean, there are so many stories that I could share. She was a teacher, and she had, now this is a longer account, so I'm going to try and whiz through it a little bit. She had an inspection. It was a church school, had a church school inspection. She had a class of 26, four, five, and six-year-olds with no other adult support. So she got three-year groups in one class, and they're not a well-behaved group. They're really quite naughty. And the inspection in the school wasn't going well. The inspector did not seem to be enjoying the morning in the afternoon she wanted this friend to uh, she wanted to observe this friend teaching these children get this to understand the Trinity. It was an re lesson. So how do you teach a bunch of not well-behaved four, five, and six year olds about the Trinity when you've got no other adult support So she went out at lunchtime to pray. And she felt God saying to her, where is it? If she wanted the lesson to be outstanding for him or for her. And she said to him that she wanted it to be outstanding for him and to reflect God. At the beginning of the lesson, she writes, the inspector entered the room. The lesson began and the Holy Spirit took over. I didn't know this was going to be difficult to read out, but it is. it was the best lesson I have ever taught. Now, I know this lady, and I know what an incredible, she is a far, far better teacher than ever I was. It was the best lesson I have ever taught, and I knew it wasn't because of me. Uh, I had, I unintentionally had eye contact with the inspector, and we both had tears in our eyes, and we both felt the presence of God. The children grasped it. Trinity, the children grasped it. And their behavior was superb. They were fully engaged and were able to answer her questions. And she says, when we acknowledge God is with us, mighty things happen. That was a teacher who was struggling with a bunch of kids. And I know what it's like with the pressure of inspection. She handed it to God. And God was with her, even in that situation. One final account that I'll share with you. A lady at Alpha. And it's it's quite long, so I'm going to just give you the, the, the key points here. She was a double amputee. Both legs were gone. Multiple sclerosis. She'd had a stroke. She'd had two aneurysms. She had a condition in both wrists that meant that the bones kept on breaking. A condition in her shoulders that caused them to dislocate. She had a heart condition. She was on the start of her faith journey at Alpha. She also knows she has God with her. She knows that Jesus loves her, and she tells people this. She was told that she had two cataracts one in each eye. So You only get one in each eye, don't you? You can't have two in one eye. Two cataracts that were inoperable. She was told she'd be blind in six months' time. She felt lonely. Didn't comprehend what her life would become. She asked for prayer. They prayed that either she would be healed or that she was operated on. The surgeon phoned to say he decided to operate because she had nothing to lose. She was going to be blind anyway. He operated. Before he operated, the surgeon asked her if she trusted him. And she replied, she didn't trust him because she didn't know him, but she did trust the Lord Jesus and believed that the Lord would guide his hands as he operated on her eye. The consultant, the surgeon, said, No one had ever said that to him before. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? The surgery for that cataract was a success. And she's been told that in that eye, she has twenty-twenty vision. God with us. That from a lady, very early on in her faith journey, I think sometimes as we go along that journey, we overcomplicate things. The message of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. Our friend went on to say, a strong faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, receives the impossible. I'll repeat that. A strong faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. She says, this to me is Emmanuel, God with us. We are given great power to use in the name of of the Lord Jesus.